Hi, and welcome to Cosmic Style, where we explore mystical modalities like tarot, astrology, lunar living, and magic to help us live better lives. I'm Leah, a tarot consultant, professional astrology nerd, and cosmic stylist. Let's get into it. Hey, hello, and happy Friday the 13th, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out. Um, just looking at the cal, reading, realizing we had a Friday the 13th. It's my mom's birthday, actually. Um, happy birthday, mom. Um, but, and realizing it fell on a dark moon day right before we have this eclipse really inspired me to create a little episode here and talk about the power of Friday the 13th and Fridays in general, 13s in general, and the power of receptivity and moon magic, because they're all related. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Um, I'm going to talk about a few things today, but let's start with the number 13. So (laughs) the Friday 13th has been vilified in only fairly recent history, 13 in general as well. Um, And that's probably because of patriarchy, Um, (laughs) like everything else, right? But it was actually, the number 13 was considered a very lucky number, especially in Celtic and Norse traditions. Um, And both Fridays and the number 13 are associated with the divine feminine or goddess energy. So with 13, we can see the origins of it being a really potent rhythmic feminine number because there are 13 moons a year which is traditionally associated with um the divine feminine the moon in general and and of course we're taking gender out of this right it's more of that receptivity quality as a as opposed to the external or action oriented um outward energy so feminine we can swap with internal or receptivity and masculine we can associate it with the more active external um extend extending sort of principles if that's a better framework for you um but (laughs) i'm also going to talk about the fact that there are also 13 typically uh 13 menstrual cycles a year for bleeding people so there's a connection to that feminine principle as well um and the unluckiness of the number is sometimes suggested um within christianity you know jesus had 12 apostles and so the last supper there were 13 people present and we know one of them you know didn't really help Jesus in the end. Um, and similarly, in Norse mythology, there's a story about a big feast or dinner party amongst the gods, and there were 12 of them, and then Loki, the trickster, showed up and made it a party of 13. But there's no 
connection between Friday and the 13th and that particularly being an unlucky day until the 19th century. But again, like the days of the week, if we're talking about the Friday particularly, days of the week were named after planets in Hellenistic astrology and Friday is sometimes you know broken down to be freya's day and freya is the norse goddess that is closest to venus you know they are associated with love beauty fertility sex and was uh, freya was a seeress actually um or sorceress so that's um a beautiful power of freya but yeah if we can think of friday as freya's day and Friday is associated with that planetary magic of Venus. Um, and when we put the two together, a day like today, Friday the 13th, we can actually reframe it and think of it as aligned with the power of the feminine and the moon. Um, I mean, Monday's moon day. Uh, that's a whole nother episode. But um, that, that rhythmic cyclical association association with 13 right is um is more lunar in nature and you know i'm thinking about the death card in tarot being the number 13 and it just being again that a little bit of misunderstood energy of the power of transformation and about the power of shedding which is more of that receptive principle, right? It's like letting things fall away. And and I feel like the word passive has a negative connotation, but like that, yeah, just letting it, letting it happen, letting it flow. And I think about the magic of that death energy of the letting go, of the composting, of the shedding in order to be renewed and to be transformed so you see where i'm going with this this is a very magical number day time of year especially as it aligns with this with this dark moon energy as well um but some ways we can play with friday the 13th if we want to step into this this receptive energy of this time um you know, we can start to honor Venus and Venusian things or Freya (laughs) type of things on Fridays. Um, I've been trying to do that for the last couple of years is really make sure I set aside time on Fridays to do things that bring me pleasure and enjoyment. And it's a really nice way of embodying and connecting to the energies of the planets. Um, and in this case, the energy of Venus and Friday. So you can, you know, eat good food, plan a get together with your favorite people, you know, have some nice drinks, get a treatment like a facial or a massage or get dressed up or get your hair done. Um, whatever makes you feel really good in your body, um, and also do something creative, um, or look at art, see a movie, listen to music, have sex, just schedule leisure time in general. Um, 
just doing stuff that makes you feel good. It's a beautiful way to celebrate. So I highly recommend all of you doing it today in some form. Um, and especially on this dark moon day, I know I keep mentioning it, AKA balsamic moon. Um, this is the stage of the moon. It's the very last stage right before we get to the new moon. So we are still finishing out the previous cycle. And I know headline news, I've been talking about it nonstop. We've got eclipses coming up. We've got an eclipse coming up tomorrow on Saturday. Um, and I, I am, I, th- I believe I'm feeling it right now, unless it's the lion's mane that I took or my decaf pumpkin spice coffee that I made myself, which I don't think it is. I'm feeling pretty activated in my body right now. So it's not a typical dark moon because it is affected by the upcoming energies, not a total typical dark moon. Often on dark moon days, I feel really low energy. You know, there's no light from the moon in the sky. The moon is pretty much like right next to or traveling with the sun. So we don't see it at all in the sky. Um, during the few days of this transit and into the new moon. Um, and we have to wait a couple days after the new moon until we can start to see that crescent uh, right after the sunset. Um, but dark moon days can be great days to just make sure that you're getting enough rest, taking care of your body, because it can be really depleting at these times. But it's also a time for receiving theme of the episode and really absorbing the lessons of the cycle, reflecting back on what's happened. Um, And in doing this, we can often start to see patterns or see things that we can't normally see in this dark moon time. So it often just gets skipped over because we're like, right, let's look to the new moon we're ready for a fresh cycle. Like we're always kind of ready for the newness, um, before the end of that cycle. But the dark moon's like, no, no, no. If we can just like take a pause, take a rest and let some of this stuff sink in, you can really, really connect to some of the big lessons and the transformations taking place. And I love what I love about the dark moon is that it, It gives us a different vantage point of the cycle that we're finishing up that started a month ago. So like, let's take, for example, this Virgo new moon that we had on September 14th, back a month ago, that kicked off the current cycle that we are in right now. And with the dark moon, we circle back at the dark moon to that same sign. So right now, as I'm recording this, the moon is in Virgo again, but it is in its very last balsamic waning phase. And this this particular cycle started at that new moon in Virgo. So it's touching back into that same area of Virgo in our chart, in our bodies, and but it's from this completely different place of like, okay, what did we learn here? And for me, I'm like, I'm seeing so much stuff um, from that magical new moon in Virgo. Um, I, a few days before that new moon, I got really enthusiastic about this podcast. And since then, 
I've taken steps with this moon cycle to make it and put it out into the world. And it's, I could, I've, this, this has been a very powerful moon cycle for me. And even now on this balsamic Virgo moon day, I'm already refining and I'm seeing the lessons that I've learned from just a couple weeks of making this content and sharing it and how I want to share it and how I want to show up and how the, like the, I'm refining, I'm especially using those Virgo qualities of discernment and refinement and really finding my way and finding like the right structure for me and this medium. Um, but I invite you that the moon will technically, I think by tomorrow it'll be in Libra, but it won't be new yet. So it'll still be in this dark balsamic moon on Friday the 13th. So yeah, like I just love the combination of that darkness with the Venusian and goddess like themes. It's giving, yeah, like kind of sexy goddess energy um it's it's a little darker it's a little edgier but we're also just very receptive to things and all of this brings me to another little nugget i wanted to share that maybe seems a little out of left field um but in terms of tarot i love to think of the court cards as phases of the moon cycle so the different um, characters or archetypes of each court card category. So pages, knights, queens, and kings as the rhythms of the moon cycle. And I actually think working with the archetypes of these cards and the different elements, um, for which you know there's we have those four types of um categories with each of the four suits so there's all these different facets and um, aspects of the court cards that we can tap into as um you know inspiration or archetypes to embody during the different moon cycles to help us during that time or help us remember kind of how to work with them so it's I kind of think of, yeah, the tarot and the moon connection here as ways we can work with both um, to greater effect, I guess. Um, and the queens are the um, are the type of court card that I associated with this this waning moon and this dark moon time. So my little framework for this is the pages are the new moon phase that like beginning like waxing crescent like new moon to waxing crescent um it's that new moon spark of enthusiasm of fresh beginnings um there's kind of that seeker quality of the pages that really wants to learn something new that's really curious and excited and it's connected with the earth element so it can kind of be like the planting of a particular seed at that new moon which is always the imagery that i that i think of um and it's the start of a new phase um a start of a new cycle a start of a journey in that realm depending on which element and i think you can work with the elements and the different types like 
page of cups, page of swords at your discretion, right? It, or, or you can align it with, say, we'd have that Virgo, that Virgo new moon. So we'd look to the earth element of that, of that page. So the page of pentacles. Um, so you can, again, like play with, play around with this concept, see how it feels for you, but it just feels like that. Yeah. We're ready to embody our curiosity and our like ideas and excitement. And there might be a lack of full clarity, but there's an eagerness there to expand and to grow and to learn. And I think aligning with the pages at that new moon phase can really help start a moon cycle, a moon manifestation uh, journey on a really grounded, connected footing. Um, and yeah, you can work with the the pages at that new moon cycle in any number of ways, but I think it, you know, setting intentions by what you feel most excited by at this time is a beautiful beautiful way to kick it off and next up we have our you know kind of first quarter moon that waxing first quarter the first quarter to the waxing gibbous can kind of be the territory of the knights um knights are associated with that air element so they want to like move that energy it feels very mutable it's like get things going let's let's make some some movements let's take some uh positive actions be proactive towards your intention so there's real motivation there um of to to do things to get out an adventure to embody your mission your intention out in the world and to learn by doing by like getting hands-on trying things moving it along and then like pivoting as necessary again it's that mutable energy so it's it's very much about like okay right this didn't work let's move on and i think you can work with it by by doing just that and kind of looking at at the nights and any of the nights that seem like they're really going to help you in terms of your intention. So if you really want to get something done quickly, that's really, um, you know, a job that's very intellectual and focused, you can call on the, the night of swords and like, get it done, like get it fast, you know, or you can kind of, sink into the the night of um wands and really explore how you want to do it in your own personal style with your own personal flair um but it can definitely just help you remind you and motivate you it's like right let's take action let's let's get our hands dirty let's learn by doing and then for our full moon phase that's where the kings show up for me the kings are outward expression i call them the sages in in my deck magical self-care tarot uh little plug (laughs) um but i think of yeah like the kings having that full range of wisdom and knowledge and they're they're sharing it they're sort of like a beacon a, a lighthouse out into the world of the wisdom of that element and so yeah, like that's such full moon energy, right? It's this 
things coming to fruition, this fullness, this full circle moment. They're associated with a fire element, depending on your school of thought. I still, I, I play around with the kings as both fire and air. Um, I think there's wonderful cases for both, but um, but yeah, if you think of that fire, just like that bigness, that heat, um, and that that big tension and illumination that happens when we're in that full moon phase, um, and it is about radiating and reflecting your light in particular ways, um, and sharing with others, bringing others together. And it's that peak energy and highest expression of a particular element. And so we can work with the kings during that full moon time by embodying leadership in certain ways or expansion or expression of, of these particular areas of life and things that might be getting highlighted for us at the full moon. And it's worth noting that you know you can work with these core cards energies at any time during the moon cycle um and yeah if you're looking for more of that full moon kind of leadership quality all month long that's incredible right like i'm not saying just um fuck with these energies at the full moon or at the particular moon cycle but it's just a different way of approaching them and combining them with a moon practice and finally, the reason why I wanted to do this episode in the first place is the queens or the witches, as I call them in my deck, um, are the sort of last quarter moon all through that last waning moon cycle. So the last quarter moon is a very powerful phase. It's like kind of the last phase for like shit to really go down Um a wonderful pivot point if things aren't going your way in terms of the way you saw, you know, you visioned for yourself or your intentions or just challenges come up that ask you to make creative changes and problem solve in new ways. And I think the the queens are wonderful allies, archetypes to help us do that because they're so connected to each element, right? I think there's seen other decks too where they're called like guardians. And so they're they're really like internalizing the lessons of, of that particular suit in a personal and kind of transpersonal way where they're really connecting back like in and down into the earth that's kind of how I'm picturing it um but it's associated with the water element right so it's about our feelings it's about the tides of our bodies and um and turning inward to care for and reconnect to your true self and and where you find these qualities in, within the particular suit, right, or element, um, where you find them in yourselves. And it's, they can facilitate this communication with the sacred parts of ourselves. And I think the, the waning moon is, is the perfectly aligned time to do, with, to do that as well. And I also see the queens as um, associated with the different clairs so they're the psychic and intuitive um channels for 
clarity, you know, like claircognizance is clear knowing. I associate that with the queen of swords. Clairsentience is associated with clear feeling. Um, and the queen of pentacles, clairvoyance, clear seeing. I associate that with the queen of cups and clear audience, clear hearing. Um, I associate with the queen of wands. So like just hearing that like full body, yes, full body, no, feels very queen of wands to me. And if you want to know, dive deeper on this, I actually have a workshop about the queens as intuitive guides on my website. Um, if you're interested, leahvandervelt.com, because I just, I love, I love the queen's always have, always will. Um, and I love all the court cards and I love working with them. And, but I, I love this, um, this moon cycle framework because it really deepens my practice with the court cards and the Queens are just all about embodying that inner wisdom, the intuition and your own magic and like finding how magic works, like what your own personal brand of magic is, how it's working within you and how you find it as you're interacting with the world, you know? And I don't like the, the waning moon, the dark moon, the Queens aren't just about going hermit mode here, right? We're not just closing ourselves off, but we're just more in connection to those either inner rhythms, our inner tides, those feelings that come up that are giving us information. It's about connecting with that and realizing that that is your wisdom. That is has so much information for you and so if we can just make the time and space to connect to these energies connect to our inner sensations and wisdom we're gonna get the most out of the dark moon time and so sometimes that's just about meeting your own needs making sure you're taking care of yourself making sure you're scheduling time for rest. I know this time of year too, I need extra rest. I mean, if you're in the Southern hemisphere, it's probably different. Um, but as fall really sets in, it's impossible every year, every year. I'm surprised by it. It's very hard for me to get out of bed. Um, at the time I was getting out of bed a month ago and I'm like, what is going on? But it really is just that like connection to the earth to our bodies to the seasons and how seeing how it's all inter interconnected and listening to that honoring that in the ways that you can in the context of your life obviously we can't change everything i've got young kids <laughs> i can't sleep in till seven like i want but just giving ourselves a little bit more quiet and care during this time and maybe connecting to a little bit of your your psychic powers and meditating on the queens um if that's fun for you these are all just suggestions obviously um but i just i really was so excited to think about these themes and talk about it and connect with you on this potent day Friday the 13th usually happen about once a year, I think. Sometimes they can happen as many as three times a year. But yeah, enjoy it. Honor it. Do something special for yourself um, that makes you feel good. And I'll see you next week. Bye. 
If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or throw us five stars. And if you'd like to book a reading with me or check out my workshops, you can find me at leahvandervelt.com. And you can support this podcast by joining my Substack. 